Good evening. My name is Deb Clark. I'll be the moderator this evening. Welcome to our class tonight. This is a school, not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non denominational religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout all eternity to this present day. The school was established as the result of a divine vision and revelation imparted to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. Since that time, we have established branch schools throughout the United States and in various parts of the world. The Green Bay branch was established in the year 1975. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the School in Green Bay, Dr. Andy Verkateran, the President, Dr. Michael Josephson, and the Vice President, Dr. Tina Willekett. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. This has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title for the Word or Son is Elohim. This has been improperly substituted by God. And the name of the Holy Spirit, whether manifested in or out of a physical body, is Yahshua. This has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. We now know each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title, which means this is the title our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into any good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove neither the Hebrew, Latin, or Greek languages have any characters or letters in their alphabet that could produce the sound made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah, which makes such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings of the true and original name for our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. The Yahweh is pure spirit. In this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. Yahweh is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in this pure spirit state of existence, shown on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize Himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud all around the edges of the chart to show you that everything on the chart is within this cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. The Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state took on shape and form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word, or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions, 
and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plain as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plain? A further understanding of this name and title can be had by reading the preface of a holy name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by, by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh, our creator's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses to the top of Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. He later instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up one tabernacle pattern. In this school we shall prove how everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern. And absolutely nothing escapes this pattern. We have 10 primary constitutional aims or objectives, and they are as follows. First is to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and <coughs> ignorance. Six, is to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth is to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua Messiah. Ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immoral glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. Tonight we'll have a prayer from Dave Oyster from Gates, New York. And our scripture reading will be? Psalms 133. Oh, Psalms 133. And we'll have a song. Oh. Just make sure I have it here. 
Joshua, for this great gathering that he allowed us to have this weekend. Uh, he's taken us from this darkness in this world, and it's so evident now, it's just, we just want to leave and just be with him. And uh, it's uh, a wonderful thing for us to be here and to be part of this body, and it's and just feel the energy in the room. And thank you, Asher, for allowing us to even be here and inviting us down. Let us all say,
speaker, the third speaker, or the fourth speaker. But at least now I can sit back and relax. It's a it's a pleasure to be back to my second home. Because this is for some people and most of you know that this is where I came into class. Can you tap the mic? I'm usually loud anyhow, so. <clears throat> but it's a pleasure to be here and to see everyone again. A lot of very, very familiar faces. And the scripture reading says it is good to get together in unity. And right now, with what's going on out in this world right now, with all the division, with all the hate, with all that's going on, it's good to be with people that believe and want the same thing. And that is, we want Yahweh, through Yahshua, 
for our salvation. And it kind of reminds me of what's going on in the world today and the division and what Yahweh is putting the world through today to show us that there is absolutely nothing that we should desire of the flesh. Because he is completely tearing everything down that is out here in the world. And it's for us to see. And it's for us to know that there is nothing else that we should be uh, uh, trying to obtain but a further knowledge of Yahweh and His plan and His purpose. And it reminds me of back, back in Egypt when Yahweh was about to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt here, He poured out ten plagues. And He devastated Egypt. And what I see going on is the same thing going on here. He is devastating Egypt today, right before our eyes. Now, I'm going to take, uh, give me Psalms 78. And start at... Uh, Oh boy. Start at uh, uh, 39, please. There's so many places we could start, but I'll, I've only got 30 minutes, which is good. And uh, we'll, get, we'll get into this, okay? Psalm 78 and 39. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. <laughs> 40. How oft they did provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. And I tell you what, I'm guilty of that. I've been in class for a long time and I've provoked him many times and he's forgave me. And I'm sure we've all got a testimony on that one. I was just talking to somebody the other day. I can remember when we were coming into class and just how stupid we were, how stupid we acted. You know, and we were just naive and dumb. Yep. He had to take some very, very raw people to form into a new shape and form. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, read. 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted Yahweh and limited the Holy One of Israel. I can move me up. Read. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. And that's what we've got to be careful of. He's delivering us from the enemy. And we cannot forget. We cannot forget. It's getting down to... You know something? If it isn't getting down to the end times, my end time is coming down. <laughs> because I'm getting to be an old. Guy. You understand? So even if the you guys, I'm gonna have to, you know, keep my feet planted firmly in this gospel. Because who knows? Any day. Boom. That's right. That's right. 
I can remember when we first came into class, there was this older generation. And they, we saw them pass. Now then we're starting to see another older generation pass. You understand? Read. 43. How he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan, and had turned their rivers into blood. Now this is talking about the ten plagues. Read. And their floods that they could not drink. He sent diverse sorts of flies among them, which devoured them, and frogs which destroyed them. He gave also their increase unto the caterpillar, and their labor unto the locusts. 47. He destroyed their vines with hail, and their sycamore trees with frost. He gave up their cattle also to the hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation, and trouble by sending evil angels among them. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their souls from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence. And smote all the firstborn in Egypt the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of him. That, that's good for there. Thank you. Appreciate it. I don't want to be in that. I don't know about you. <laughs> now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get into, uh, I want to get into those plagues a little bit, okay? Now, what he did back there was completely destroy, you know, Egypt. Uh, where's it at? Where did I do with it? It's in here somewhere. Okay. If I could remember scriptures, I could tell you exactly where to go, but I can't remember nothing. So. And I used to say, and I, and I tell people that it's just because of old age, but no, I couldn't remember scriptures back when I was young. So. Get me, uh, no, I don't need another scripture. Okay. Now then, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through those plagues and get into the gods that what he was doing when he was doing those plagues was showing forth and destroying the gods that they had. And that's basically what he's doing today. He's, he's taking and he's destroying all the gods that these people have out here. All their images. All their um, vain imaginations. You see? He's doing, he did the same thing back there to Egypt and he's doing the same thing in the world today. But we have salvation. See, we, the world, has doom and gloom. We have hope. And we have salvation. Now, the first God, okay, that he destroyed, that he was showing forth, this is, his name was, I like this one. Happy. <laughs> and that was a God of the spirit of the Nile in the flood. And the Nile was the giver of all life. Right. Yahweh is the giver of all life. But the world at that time, Egypt, looked at the, because the Nile, Egypt would have been nothing without the Nile River. Right. Because the Nile River would flood and it would bring fresh soil into the land and they could grow their crops. If it wasn't for the River Nile, Egypt would have been just a little desert nothing. And all of Egypt was just around that Nile. Okay, that was what? Now in that first one also, 
you're going to recognize this one. I can't spell. <coughs> That's because I'm getting old. And a cold. What was that? No, you have a cold. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I have a cold. Yes, I remember that one. <laughs> I Osiris. Now, Osiris, okay, was whose lifeblood was thought to be the Nile. So see, it's all, he's all going after, you see, the life-giving or after who he is, Yahweh. Because they, see, they would not turn to Yahweh. They did not know Yahweh. Yahweh, see, poured out all of these, these plagues, you understand, so that his name could be declared throughout all the earth. You understand? So that when, because when he went down to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, I don't know this Yahweh. Who's this Yahweh? You understand? Well, the world is finding out who Yahweh is. Look at what's going on right now. We had the, we had the, uh, the uh, uh, COVID-19 shut things down. We couldn't even have classes for a while. Isn't it amazing how <coughs> Yahweh took and opened up the airwaves or Zoom? And now we're getting out all over the world. And we're proclaiming that name Yahweh. You understand? The world doesn't know Yahweh, but we're proclaiming it. You understand? Osiris. And the other one he was after in the first plague, now I'm not going to be able to pronounce this one, but H-A-T, okay, M-E-N-Y-T, M-E-N-Y-T. Anybody knows how to pronounce it, they can say it. And he was the female fish deity. <laughs> okay, fish coming from the Nile, the river Nile. Okay, so that was the first plague. The second plague. Now remember, Israel, you see, saw or was partaker of the first three plagues. Okay, and the rest, it was just Egypt. All right, but see, this is showing forth who the life giver is. You understand? So that was the first one. The second one was H-E-Q-E-T. And that God was the, female, was the frog-headed female deity of fertility. Now you probably know about all these gods, see? Some of them. Some of them. Okay, that was the second one. Okay, I'm going to have to rush here because I know I ain't got much time. And the next one was, the third one was Geb, I guess. Okay, he was the deity of earth and soil where everything grew from, where they got their nourishment, where they got, you know, how their lives depended upon. And the Nile was the one that supplied the soil and the nutrients, you see, for the soil. The next god was K-H-E-P-R-I. Okay, that god, okay, it was the scarab-headed deity of creation, movement of the sun, Rebirth. Did you say scarab head? What's that? Yeah. Uh, okay. The next one 
This one is a bull deity. Now remember when the children of Israel, you see one out here, and Moses was up here, and they feared that he was dead, and they built a golden calf? They didn't learn much, did they? Let's hope we're not that dumb. You see, I know personally I am that dumb. And if it wasn't for Yahweh, if it wasn't for Yahshua, guiding and protecting, you see, I would be out here doing something stupid like this. And each and every one of us, I wouldn't be by myself, would be in the same boat. You see, there's only one reason. You see, the children of Israel back here, you see, Yahweh was showing forth. They did not have the Holy Spirit. They did not have Yahshua. Even though Yahshua was right with them at the time, you understand? But at that time, His purpose was not salvation. But now, in this age, in this covenant, you see, He is salvation. And there's only one reason why any of us is sitting in here today. And that's because Yahshua, in us, brought us down here and has caused us to believe what we preach. Because I've been thinking a lot lately about, I look at some of the things that we say from the floor and some of the things we teach. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you'd think we're as crazy as hell. <laughs> you know? There's only one reason. Now the next one, and, and it, this is the, in the same, this is CW, one, two, three, four, this would be five, that, this one here is five, and also in that is H-A-T-H-O-R. Hator, I guess, okay? Yeah. Yes. And that is the female cow deity of sky, love, Beauty and music. Okay? Now this is, I wish I could correlate this to today and show you how this, that, you know, that it's, effect, you know, like today. You know, like, well, we've got the, the government's all screwed up. You know, financing's all screwed up. Religion's all screwed up. Everything is all screwed up. You see, any institution, Anything, everything is all screwed up, you see. And that's what this is showing for, how he devastated Egypt and how he's devastating the earth plane tonight. The next, the next play, okay, is the next deity, rather, okay. And that is the deity of life and magic able to perform healing. There's only one healer. There's only one healer. And Yahweh, that's what he's doing. Yahshua is healing us tonight. Every time we come down here and we hear the words of Yahweh, it is a healing ointment to us. And it is protecting us. You see, I'm not talking physically, although he does protect us physically, but I'm speaking spiritual. You see, the flesh is nothing but a pain. You understand? And the other deity in that same plague was 
S-E-K-M-E-T. That was the female deity of warfare and pestilence. The next plague, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, okay, was hail. And the deity that he was after there was nut. Now, nut is a female deity of the sky. Then he sent the locusts. And don't take this personal. Okay? But the next deity was. Did I, I didn't spell that right. S-E-T-H. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Seth. Now Seth was the deity of storms and chaos. Kind of fits, <laughs> Okay. Now the ninth one was Ra. We've all heard of that one. And Ra was the sun deity. All right? Now the next one, the death of the firstborn, was Pharaoh. <coughs> I, I never could spell, especially when you get on the floor, because I got a cold. <laughs> Is that how you spell it? Yeah, yeah. okay. Was Pharaoh. And he was considered to be the son of Ra, the sun god. So what I thought it would do is just kind of show, kind of get you an idea of what's going on today. It's just a repeat of what went on back here with the children of Israel. But now we have an advantage over the children of Israel. Because a lot of times we used to think, well, if I was back there, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, you would. Because you see, back here, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in this age and in this dispensation and under this covenant. Because Yahweh was trying to show us that we can't do it. We would have been just like them. I'd have been there dancing around naked, that golden calf. You know, just like they were. You understand? And that's what we would be out here in the world today, dancing around naked. And when I'm saying naked, that means that we would not be clothed in the righteousness of Yahshua the Messiah. <coughs> so that's what this all the story here is trying to tell us. You see, that show us that without Yahshua, without his salvation, we would have been just like these children of Israel back here, or we would just be like the children in the world out there today. Now, I used to think that most people were pretty good people. And that, you know, you had the politicians, of course, which were satanic spirits, and you had the preachers, of course, which were satanic spirits, and you had, you know, a few high people that were satanic spirits. But what he's showing us today is that they're all a bunch of satanic spirits. Because when you take and you start messing with their government, 
and what they think the government should be, they want to shoot you. When you start messing with their economics, <clears throat> with the inflation, the high prices, and all of this, and the stores start running out of stuff, they start turning on each other, and violence can happen. So what he's showing us is, if you put them between a rock and a hard spot, they're going to turn. They're going to be violent. And they're going to hate. Because they don't understand. But in the scripture tonight, you see, we saw that we are here in unity. And we don't, we don't have that problem. If you have the Holy Spirit, you don't have that problem. You see, we don't care what color you are. We don't care your background. They usually let a hillbilly, you know, come in the class. You understand? They don't care. We don't care about that. Yahshua does not care about that. And I can remember that when I was here in Green Bay, some of you can probably remember this, there was a gentleman who came to class for a while. He was, a, he was in the Posse Comatotus. That is a right wing. Yes. Right wing. White. Yes, at Ed Sullivan. And he came because he heard that we used the name Yahweh. And they used the name Yahweh. And he took me right in the Bible to show me where it was all right to hate other races. Right in Genesis. Showed me tried to show me that there was two creations. One creation was for the white people and the other creation for, for all the other mongrels. And showed how Yahweh told them to go up there and kill every body up there. And they used that as their righteousness for their hate. He brought us out of that kind of garbage. He's brought us out of that. You understand? And brought us into unity. Where I grew up, I was born in West Virginia, but I really basically grew up in Southern Indiana. In Southern Indiana, I grew up in a place called Salem, Indiana, which means peace, in Washington County. And their brag was that there had been no black man lived there, and the last one that tried, they hung from the bridge. Now that's what I grew up under. So he brought a lot of us out of a lot of ignorance. He brought a lot of us. You see, all of us have got testimonies. All of us have got things that we can tell you about. You see, that what he has brought us out of. So therefore, and you know, I really, honestly, I truly feel sorry for these people out here. Because they just don't know any better. They just, and there's only one reason I know anything. There's only one reason I know better. And that's because Joshua has opened up my heart and opened up my mind. You see, that's the only reason. And with that,
I thank you. I, don't, I know I got five minutes, but uh, I'll leave that to somebody else. Okay. Thank you very much. great school and I want to talk a little bit about the scripture reading first and then we'll see what happens um, I had the opportunity to uh, my son and his wife and the kids have been traveling they were traveling around for I don't know seven weeks or something like that throughout the United States going to parks and along the short of this one of the parks they went to was um, it was the Redwoods on the coast of California. And it was the, maybe the Park of the Titans or something like that. It was the big trees. And one of the things that he talked about was there's only 5% of all the Redwoods left out there. Yeah. The rest of them are out, right? Something yeah. like that. So then he was talking about, he, you know, they took, they got, had got little kids, so they went and they listened to the rangers talk and learned about the stuff that was going on in the parks. And this is really something. So one of the things that he learned was that the redwoods, you know, an oak tree, you know, when you look at a tree, it goes by the pattern, of course. So you've got roots, stock, and leaves. Isn't that right? And a lot of, like the oak trees, the root system is as big as the top of the tree. It's huge. But these really tall redwoods, <laughs> which is, if you've never seen one, you ought to get there to see one. They're between the ocean and that. They're, they're so awesome that <laughs> it's just amazing. Sometimes we need to enjoy the creation that Yahweh has blessed us with. But anyway, um, they don't have that much of a root system as compared to the size of the tree. And so, and they're so tall and they, they build a, a, like a bridge that you can walk up. I think it's, I forget how tall it was, Terrible, really tall. But you still were looking up at them. You know, they're still huge trees. And so anyway, this is, the, this is what I want to say about this, because how good, let's read this verse first. Psalms 33, start right at 1. Uh, I'm always nervous. You know, this is an awesome responsibility. <laughs> and to even be thought of to... Uh, Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Psalm, Psalm 133. Behold, how good. Now behold, now just take a look at this. Just behold. Right? How good and how pleasant. Now this isn't just the way we think about it. This is what Yahweh Elohim. See, all these things came right from Yahweh, just like the first five books were given to Moses. 
Moses told, wrote down what thus saith Yahweh, and then you had the prophets all writing down what thus saith Yahweh, and it came in a vision, just like you have Dr. Kinley having a vision at the end of the sage, isn't that right? This stuff came from a vision. That's right. The Bible was put together by vision. Right. You understand? Yes. And so this is what David is saying. It's not what David thinks, and it's not what we're thinking. Right. Oh, it's nice that we dwell together in unity. <laughs> Yeah, understand that's not our great idea. That's right. This is what Yahweh thinks. How good and how pleasant it is to who? To him. How do you like that? You understand? For the brethren. Those that believe and everybody's not a brethren, folks. I know you like to hear this. But the people that believe what thus saith Yahweh, according to the scriptures. We got a doctrine that we teach in the school. You understand that? There's something here to believe in. And like he said, plant your feet in. You can't plant your feet in if you don't have a witness for it. Right. You understand that? Yep. See? All right, let's just read that. <laughs> Behold, how good and how pleasant it is. How good and how pleasant it is. This is what he thinks. Now, wouldn't that be pleasant to please him? How good and how pleasant it is, read. For brethren to dwell together in unity. For brethren to dwell together in unity. And there are so many things that we have no issues with. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so many things that you can unify on. Right. There's so much doctrine. How about the great name of Yahshua the Messiah? We could go to every single person in here. What's the Savior's name? What's the Savior's name? What's the Savior's name? And then you go out there in the world, what's the Savior's name? And they got any other name will do. You understand? But in Yahweh's eyesight, the unity of it that's pleasantness, they all believe in Yahshua the Messiah. Isn't that sweet? See? Now that's unified. See? All right. So anyway, these trees... Getting back to the story I didn't tell us, right? You know, these trees, they're so tall, and their root system isn't great. And so Justin, one, I think one of Justin's kids asked the question, well, how do, they, how do they survive through these storms that they have? They lean on each other. Those great trees survive the winds, and they lean on each other. Yeah, they knit together. And even their roots are knit together on the ground. You understand? And so you're looking at, you know, a lot of those really huge trees have fallen. Well, a lot of our... Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They've gone. See? So anyway, you have... I'm going to leave that. All right, now I'm going to go on something else. So, I don't know if you've had a lot of rain this summer. There's has been dry here. Where I live, it has been so dry. Right, Reba? That's right. It's been so dry. You're like, water, water, water. It's so dry. And it's not usually dry. Usually June is wet, wet, wet. So it's been really dry. So let's go ahead and get uh, Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Because I'll tell you what happened. It started raining the other night. It was the... Best rain, well, David, you too. You know how dry it's been. It was the only rain we'd had, like, it would say it was going to rain and you get four drops. Isn't that right? Say it's going to rain, oh, it's going to rain Thursday. Five drops. Yeah. <laughs> no rain. Dry! 
life. And your grass is burning up. And your little vegetable plants aren't doing anything. And your grapes are... <laughs> and it's dry, right? So it starts raining. It was about 9 o'clock at night where it started raining. And it rained for like three hours. But I went out and sat on my porch. I sat there and let the mosquitoes bite me. I sat there for an hour and rain. I'm like, what this rain? And my sister's out there. She lives next door to me. And she's like, it's raining! <laughs> because it was, it's something. I have a, I have, there's something to this, all right? I'm not just telling you a little nice story about rain. Okay. Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Uh -huh. Give ear, O ye heavens. Now give ear. Do you think that they talk about they could hear something? They heard him? So we're supposed to be given ear, O ye heavens, read on. And I will speak. And he will speak. See, he spoke from heaven. Yeah. He spoke from heaven. Dr. Kinley said he heard a voice from heaven. And that's the self-same voice. The gospel is preached according to the scriptures. And the way that he laid it down with witnesses, it's a voice from heaven. They don't know this in the world, which is how he showed us already. Read on. Oh, earth. And real earth. Read. The words of my mouth. And hear the words of my mouth. You understand? Read. My doctrine shall drop his My doctrine. Yahshua's doctrine. It's going to fall as the rain. And you know what? When it's dry out and you're so excited about the physical rain coming down. Every time we come in here, you got a week's worth or a few days worth of the world getting on you. Isn't that right? Yeah. And then you come back in. And then it's going to rain on you. And the doctrine's going to come. And it's going to revive your soul. There's a reason to come to class, too. That's another thing. You need to be here to hear what thus saith Yahweh. You understand? See? Read. My speech shall distill as the dew. So that rain's going to come down. And that's, that's how excited we should be. It's raining! <laughs> Yahweh, speak from heaven! See, we take it so for granted what we have. We should be excited about this. You know? And I know Mitch used to tell us, preach it like it's the last time. That's right. Well, I took that literally, because that's how I preach. It just <laughs> might be the last time. Might be the last time anybody ever hears it. And it sure might be my last time. Mm -hmm. You understand? We know how, you know, you get up here. Mm -hmm. See? It's going to rain. It's raining. And we should be happy about it. And it's doctrine. And doctrine is a body of principles. And look at, we have a doctrine around here. Don't think we don't have just the doctrines out there in the Catholic Church. They have a doctrine, yes. But there is a body of principles that we have. And you have, and it's so, you know, I was thinking this a few months ago. When you get up on this floor, the first time we came to class, every single one of us in here, you already have what to teach. You already have the Moses chart right here. This is the middle chart of almost every class you come to. You got the track of the children of Israel, ain't that right? You got down in here where this lamb died. Pouring out yet the death of Yahshua the Messiah. And come through the part of waters of the Red Sea. Isn't that right? Death, burial, resurrect and worship Yahweh here at this mouth. Don't you just about have something to teach? Just by looking at the charts. And weren't you taught the name when you came to class the first night? See? And weren't you taught that Yahshua the Messiah's mission, when he came on the earth plane, was to fulfill the law and the testimony? The, the word institute is not even in the Bible. Weren't you taught that? Yes. 
See? You know what to teach. You know what to teach. See? It's just something, folks. We have a doctrine. And we have these great mysteries. We have something to tell you here. You understand that? We've got to, and this is good news. All right, go to uh, um, Matthew 24, chapter 24, 14. It's my favorite verse. I can't help it. I have to go back with, I can't help it. Matthew Thank you, Joshua. I just can't help it. <laughs> Matthew 24, 14. Great. And this gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel of the kingdom. And when Dr. Kinley taught this, and you could read, you could hear his transcripts, you could hear the way that he teaches it, especially now with the new ones, you can understand what he's saying. You understand? See? And when he recorded this verse, and he said this gospel, he said, and this gospel right, right. that we teach in this school. Right. You understand that? Right. He was looking at this gospel, the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, and this gospel of the kingdom. And I want to just say this about the gospel of Yahshua. You know, a lot of times we'll go get the verse, 1 Corinthians 5, let's go ahead and get that. Because I don't know who's here, in, I, I don't know, read. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Now, Paul is, is preaching this right here, and he's preaching it right in the beginning of the self-same age that we are in right now. There's three ages in time. We're right down here at the end of this age. But the things that are taught in the beginning of the age, which saved their souls, is going to be the self-same thing that's taught at the end of this age. You understand that? It's soul salvation to teach the things they taught. Just the way they taught it. Now is that good enough to teach? Yes. Read. And this gospel of the kingdom. Read. I'll read, read, read where you are, honey. <laughs> Which also you have received. Uh-huh. And where you stand. You received it and you stand in it. By which See? Sorry. Read. That's okay. By which also you are saved. By which also you are saved. You're saved through the preaching gospel. That's how he's gathered us together in one body. How do you think he's going to do it? This stuff doesn't happen by magic. <laughs> we aren't into that kind of stuff. We're not into blind belief. And things just happening. See? The gospel is preached. And the gospel had it. And that's in the scripture we're going to get it. But go ahead where you're reading. Keep, keep going. If you keep in memory what I preached unto them. If you keep in memory what he preached unto them. And this is what he preached. Read. Unless you have believed in vain. That's right. Read. For I delivered unto you first this of all. This is what he delivered unto them first of all. Read on. That which I also received. Uh-huh. How Yahshua died for our and sins. And Paul received it. Paul received it. Paul was shown these things. See? And reveal is not a uatah strange word that you're looking at. Reveal means to show. I'm not mad, I'm not sure. Go ahead and read. <laughs> how Yahshua died for our sins according to the scripture. It's how Yahshua the Messiah died for our sins according to the scripture or in agreement with what was written in the law and in the testimony. Those are his documented witnesses. He wrote them down in the book so that you would have them and you could believe what it is and you could believe that he is 
was buried. And that Yahshua died for our sins, according to the scripture. And that he was buried. So he went through a death. He went through a burial. Am I right? Yeah. Read. And that he rose again the third day, according to and the scriptures. And that Yahshua Messiah rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. You understand that? And you know how we run that? And look at, I'll do it real quick, because look. This is, this is some great stuff that you got. This is great stuff that you have. You know what? Right up in here, you've got the purpose of Yahweh from beginning to end. And then right eternity to eternity. And this is showing how Yahweh is moving that purpose along from beginning to end. That's what those circles are showing you. And there's so much in this stuff. You just look, sometimes stand here and examine what's on these charts. See what I mean? You're going to learn something. See, and what happens up in here when you get to this third circle after he goes through the chaos of the creation? And right here you got Genesis 1 and 1. Let's read one. Genesis 1 verse 2. Genesis 1 and 2. Uh-huh. And the earth was without form and void. Now the earth in the beginning of this, here's him in his creative motion. He's coming forth. And the earth, it's without form. And it's void. It's in a chaotic state. Why do you think the world's in such a chaotic state right now? Because the end, you see, is declared right from the very beginning. If it came in and came it's going to go out just that way. You understand that? Man's mind's all messed up and chaos and confused. That's chaos, isn't it? Read on. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And look up here. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. But you got the light right there. Read on. And the spirit of Yahweh. That's the spirit of Yahweh elements. He's moving on the face of the water. And you think about the spirit. You know, we, we know things down here. We know what the spirit of Yahweh is. We know that Yahweh is wisdom, intelligence, knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength. And you've got that spirit. You've got wisdom moving on the face of the water. And you've got love moving on the face of the water. And you've got beauty moving. You see how you've got that moving on the face of the waters? Isn't that something? And that's what creates the creation that we live in. All that good stuff moving on the face of the waters, creating the creation. I'll tell you what. All right, me. And Yahweh said, let there be light. And Yahweh said right here, let there be light. And light. So then you go to this circle, and this is really, I call it the witness circle. Because you got all the witnesses that are here, come right down here on this chart. You got, uh, well, first of all, you got Adam. You got Noah, you got Melchizedek priesthood, you got the law coming in, that's here. Then you got the, that's where the law is coming in. Then you got the days of Yahshua's uh, ministry, that's here. And then of course you go into his death, burial, resurrection. But all these things are the documented witnesses that he wrote down. You understand that? And that's the gospel of Yahshua. And look at this. Just like you had, well it's right out of the pattern, because this the pattern is him. See, he is the archetype. On that chart, the archetype original pattern of the universe. Is that right? So you got the pattern. And in the pattern, you got that. On that altar, isn't that right? That. You got a burial in the labor. You got resurrection with the holy anointing oil. And then Yahshua the Messiah, he's pointed out as the Lamb of Yahweh. Lamb died here, Lamb died here, you understand? Lamb died here with Abraham. So what do you think? What do you think is going to happen to him? He's going to die, you understand that? So you got that death sentence on him. So that's what he Death. He's baptized by John. Death, burial, you understand? Comes up here, he's tested for 40 days. Death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. They children of Israel. That lamb had to die before they could be delivered up out of Egypt. Death, 
go through the part of water, the Red Sea burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection. Understand? And so all these, that's the gospel of Yahshua. But I want to tell you this. And if you look at it, you can see it right here. You know, I was sick a couple of years ago. And I was so sick I couldn't walk for about a month. <laughs> and I said to Yahshua, if you want me in this fight, you got to keep me on my feet. <laughs> so here I am. I'm still in the fight. <laughs> so anyway, right here, what you have is, this is, this is really the focal point of the purpose, where Yahshua went through his death, burial, and resurrection. And if you put the lampstand on here, this is the fourth branch where everything else comes in. And by the way, your, your creative age, where the angelic and the physical are, is covered by what happened right here. You understand that? There's a lot of questions about that, but you can see in that, this example that's covered by that. You understand? All right, so anyway, you have this right here is where the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua is. And they call that, that's what Paul called the gospel of Yahshua, right? So if you come over here and you've got Adam, and it, in Adam all die, isn't that right? It's right on the chart, see, right. usually. In Adam all die. So that's a death, isn't that right? And then you got that flood coming in, that's, that's buried, they're buried in there. Isn't that right? So you got death and burial, and then they, that, that ark resurrects on the water, right? So you got that death, burial, and resurrection with him. So this, then, is pointing out this. And then, and you know the stuff. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I hope so. <laughs> and so then you have the same thing when you got the male dispensation. This is the academic dispensation, or 1,000 years. Now you're going to call this 1,000 years. And this would know you got the self, same thing. You have that flood. Isn't that right? All right. And I might have said something wrong. But anyway, what you have here is you have these things that are written back here, they're really pointing out Yahshua. Right. So everything that you teach yeah. according to the pattern of him yeah. in the scriptures is the gospel of Yahshua. Because yeah. it's all backing up what he did. And then if you come to the end of this thing, from Revelation all the way back, not the end over here, but as far as the teaching now is concerned, it's all, what do you think they're talking about when they write back there? What does Peter talk about? What does Paul talk about? Paul's talking about the gospel, right? So he's looking at this right here. This is your focal point. You've got to see that Yahshua died for you. You've got to see that he died to take away sin. You can't know anything about the covenants. You can't know anything about him fulfilled. If you don't realize that he did this, you can't get it without recognizing that one thing first. He came in and died. He died. And that's what the scriptures point out. You understand that? All right, now go back to Matthew 24, because I know I'm going to be running out of time. Read. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, 14. Uh-huh. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Now this gospel that Dr. Kinley delivered unto us. And by the way, if you have received anything of Yahshua, and we're supposed to be right down here taking on Yahshua and Messiah now. We're born again. Do you understand how you've got to be born again and you're taking on Yahshua? We're not some big shots yet. We think we are sometimes, but we're very little still. And you know how a little kid is? They mouth you and they know more than you do, and you know? That's kind of how we are. We're, we're young in the purpose, folks. We're little kids in the purpose. See? We're taking on ya. 
Joshua. And we're perfect in the stage we're at. I got a little baby now that's just turned six months old. She is so perfect. You understand? But she's not a grown up adult. See? But she's perfect where she is. And that's how we are. Wherever Yahweh has us. Whatever understanding we have. If you are sincerely, truly believe this with all your heart, mind, and soul, you are so perfect. You are so perfect. <laughs> anyway, keep reading, please. And this gospel of the kingdom, read. Shall be preached in all the world. So this gospel, the gospel that was delivered by Dr. Kinley at the end of this age, we're in the fourth age, we're in the sixth dispensation. And at the beginning of this age, you had these apostles. And it was their responsibility to get this gospel preached. Ain't that right? You had the 11 and then Paul was brought in. And they were preaching the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah at the beginning of this age. And now it's Dr. Kinley's vision where every one of us got it from. We got it from Dr. Kinley's vision. He was the man, the only man that was set at the end of this age to give us something. Right. And we all got it at the same place. And we all got the same thing. Right. You understand that? We got the same doctrine. I don't care where you come from. Right. See? We got it the same way. We got the name. We got going to the law and the testimony. None of us heard any of this stuff before we came to class. See? We got the Yahshua came in and fulfilled. We got some doctrine down here. Yeah. And you can teach it. And it's going to raise somebody from the dead. Psychologically so. Do you understand that? That's how important it is to come to class and hear this stuff's taught. You talk about being dead, well, don't stay dead. Believe in Yahshua. Receive Yahshua in your heart and your mind. He's giving you every opportunity. You understand that? And he helps you along the way, don't he? He brought you here. He called you in here. You understand that? That's some help right there. There's a lot of people that... Never were called in these doors. And you were called in and you're chosen to hear these things. See? And you just have to believe it. And I was reading a transcript the other day where he said, what's your responsibility? To believe the gospel that's preached unto you. Period. Wow. That ain't much. I don't have to do much. Just believe. You understand? It is so easy to believe. The name is so easy to believe. Yahweh. 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 Memory is so easy to believe. And the devil come out and snatch it. Oh, it doesn't matter what you call him. And you know what? The first night I sat in class, that's what I said. That's what I said to the first the, See how far I've come? <laughs> see how far Yahweh knocked my head off? You understand that? I don't think he cares what you call him. Oh, yeah? And I had no intention ever coming back to class. I walked out of there and went, hey, they think there's something. Okay? I wasn't going to come back. And I'll tell you, it literally, the next Friday night, because they only came once a week then to point out, the next Friday night, it was like something was right behind me pushing me and saying, get yourself down to that class. I had no intention ever going back there. So if you want, you, you don't think Galway's real? Try it. <laughs> You'll find out who it really is. See? All right, let's go back to the scripture really quick. Matthew, Matthew 24. Read it one more time. And this gospel of the kingdom. 
And this gospel of the kingdom. And there's a kingdom. See. In fact, we're in the kingdom age right now. This is the kingdom age that we're in right now. Well, this is, this is the present kingdom age where the physical, you have the Holy Spirit in the physical body. And the age that we're going to be coming into, you're going to have a glorified body. So that's what we're looking forward to is that new glorified body. All right? And the older you get, the more you're looking forward to it. <laughs> and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in it all shall the world. Be preached in all the world. And it's going to be preached all of this fourth age from the beginning of it till the end of it. So you might as well be the one preaching it because it's going to be preached whether you get on board or not. You understand that? Somebody's going to preach this gospel because he said this gospel, it shall be preached. And this has been our, uh, the, the theme song of the school as far as the seminars is concerned since 1975. See that? And this gospel of the kingdom, it shall be preached in all this age. And in all the world. And just like he said, these Zoom classes, you got to go on all over. And you got people on there listening and receiving something yep. and believing it. And they can teach. You heard them. It's amazing. Read. For a witness. It's going to be preached nations. for a witness unto all nations, Jews and Gentiles. It's going to be preached unto all nations. And then the end shall And come. then shall the end come. And so that's one of the things that's going to happen before the end comes. The gospel's going to be preached. You see what time you are? With this gospel going out all the world? Electronically so? You see what time it is? It shall be preached, and then shall the end come. I can see other things that happen too. Isn't the mystery of iniquity supposed to be revealed before the end? There must come a falling away first. And then man of sin be revealed. Well, you know when Dr. Kimmy came in? He told us about these two mysteries. Ain't that right? Wherever he is. <laughs> we got a long classroom here. <laughs> See, you got two mysteries. He's been revealed. The mystery of iniquity will be done. And he must, it must fall away first and be revealed before the end comes. Remember, that's what the verse says. See? And then this gathering is going to take place before the end. He's going to gather one. Let's get one more verse and then I'll get down. 1 Corinthians 12. 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as the body is one. Now as this body is one, are we talking about the unity here tonight? As the body is one. Read. And hath many members. And has many members. Read on. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. That's right. Read. So also is Yahshua. So also is Yahshua. Read. For by one spirit are we all baptized in, into one body. By one spirit. Yahweh is spirit. He comes into a super incorporeal shape and form. That's Yahweh one, spirit. Yahweh two, spirit. Yahweh is spirit. It's Yahweh in a super incorporeal shape and form. Then Yahweh comes right down and takes on a physical body. That's Yahweh three. Spirit, spirit, spirit. Yahweh is one spirit. Read. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Read it, jump up there and read it again one more time. Sure. For by one spirit. Are by we, that one spirit. Are, read. Are we all baptized? Are we all baptized? That's how you get into the body. You're baptized. How are you baptized? You come in here and you're immersed in the name of Yahshua. And you're immersed in the things that he did. And you're immersed in the gospel of Yahshua. You're 
come in this room. And you know what it is? It's fire. It's burning up Jesus Christ. And it's burning up whatever you think. And it's burning up wrong. You understand that? You're baptized by fire. That's how you're baptized into this one body. Now that's a good way to do it. I like it. Read. <laughs> into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. See, read. Whether Thank we you. be bond or free. Whether we're bond or free, we're all baptized into that one body. Thank you for the time. All praise to the Yahshua. Thank you, Randy. I have a good rest for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. Our next speaker will be the dean from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Dr. Andy Bertatter. No, I can rest. Battery's dead. Waiting for that. I'll just put that on his pants, on his shirt. Is that the battery for that set? No, you use still recording? While we're waiting, I'm just going to say don't start yet. Um, thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, I hope you enjoy yourself. I really do. There's some people I know that would really like to have come, but for various reasons they couldn't. For various things, and they're using the right judgment. And, you, know, you don't want to get others sick, so if you're not doing well, you should stay home. And uh, so we really appreciate y'all being here. Um, let you put that on. <clears throat> and I really enjoyed what the speakers had to say so far. Um, you definitely came to a special place. Now, on that chart over here, it's called the witness chart. This is one of the charts for Mitchell painted years ago. And on top it says in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, that's where it comes to it. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, this cloud of witnesses, if you know anything about that chart, on the lettering, it says law, prophets, fulfillment. Because Bonnie was talking about how we teach by, you know, Savior. Here's in the law, prophets, fulfillment. Line of David, law, prophets, fulfillment. It keeps on going. And this cloud here, it shows that there's, uh, on one side, it's all the people in the Bible, like Adam and Isaac and Abraham and so far Abraham. And on this side, you have things in the creation. We call that the witness chart. Now, we've been taught how to teach down in these classes a certain way. A very, and it's not the same way you've been taught in your churches. Right. Now, if you looked up the incense that the high priest had to offer up, on this altar, those incenses, those ingredients, have a meaning. And if you look up the meaning of some of those ingredients, I'll just throw a couple out at you. You can get the scriptures to show how that they are representing the preaching of the gospel. For example, one of the incenses, stacked me. And you can look up the numbers in the Strong's. It means to distill gradually, ooze, to fall as drops. 
You know, so if you think about it, it's a type of preaching of the gospel. And my doctrine shall drop as the rain. So the ingredients has meanings. Now another one of the ingredients is ancha. And you can get the numbers. It means to roar like a lion, to peel off by the percussion of sound. And that's what this teaching of this gospel does. This, this is, uh, you know, it, it's, it, you can work with these scriptures. Another one of them is Galbium. It's to be fat. The richest, choice, marrow, the finest. And that's what this teaching is. Another one is frankincense, which means white. Whiteness is like a smoke. And there was a special way to mix it. Now this priest, when he did that, he had to pre, he had to offer this. There's one of the rules in the Bible. It talks, don't offer any strange incense. In other words, you did not have permission to mix the incense any other way. Another thing you could not do is offer strange fire. Now, Nadab and Abihu found out what happens if you offer strange fire. Now, what's strange fire? Though the incense was lit from the coals here, which was continually burning, he would take the coals of the in, of this thing here and put it in the incenser. So when the high priest went up there, he went up there with fire and incense. And when you come to these classes, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit fire. And Yahweh is a consuming fire. You're being conformed to his image, and you become a flame fire. When you're baptized with fire, that is not a strange fire. It's all this other nonsense here, which is strange incense and strange fire. And that's not where you want to be. Now, Yahweh is a consumer. He makes his ministers as what? A flame of fire. Now, what's the difference between a flame and a fire? Do you have, do flames have a lot of fires? Or does the fire have a lot of flames? You become like a flame of fire. And when Yahshua is going to be revealed from heaven, he's going to be revealed with his angels. And what? Flaming vengeance. Because it's a lot of flames of fire that are going to consume this creation. And it's not a strange fire. Now look when Elijah and the prophets of Baal the prophets of Baal had their shot. And they preached for a long time. They couldn't get that fire lit. But when Elijah said, he poured water on the sacrifice many times. And he said, oh Yahweh, hear my prayer. And you know what time that prayer was? It's the time of the evening sacrifice. Well, what time do you light these candles? The evening. So at the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah says, Oh, Yahweh, hear me, and boom, there's the fire. That was a fire from heaven, and it's a, not a strange fire. Now, Romans 10:1, my heart. Get it. Romans 10:1. Yeah, we'll right there. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yahweh for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of Yahweh, but not according to that. Now is the wrong having zeal? Do you know what the word zeal means? One of the definitions, it's an ardent pursuit of something. The word ardent means fire. 
You better be hot for this. If you were baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, if you truly have the Holy Spirit, you preacher witnesses, you are using the proper formula that is required for you. Any other way is wrong. That high priest, we talk about how he goes up there with blood. You know, he couldn't go up there without fire either. That incense was with him. And that incense was burning from the coals. So he had the cloud with him. He had the fire with him. He had the blood with him. Every one of those things. It's beautiful. Now, what I want to talk about is how special and blessed you people are. Let's get Matthew 121. Now, this is a basic scripture. Hopefully, people are enjoying themselves. I'm not mad either. <laughs> but I love this teaching. It's very real to me. It is not a game. Read. Matthew 1.21 <clears throat> And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Yahshua, mm -hmm. for he shall save his people from their He will sins. save everybody. His people. So if there's his people... So if there's his people, there's not his people. <laughs> the whole world offering up the strange incense and strange fire, those are not his people. Now Yahweh always worked with a certain group of people all the way through time. Now when in the beginning of time here with Adam. He was working with Adam. Adam was his people. He was the only one. I'd say he was his person. And he's working with them. He's supposed to be fruitful and multiplied. He ends up providing them a healthy, a wife that was suitable to be his bride. And that woman was made flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, taken right from him. Now, you know they fell, but that was Yahweh's people. And as time went on, in Genesis, the sixth chapter, mankind was really making a heck of a mess about it. And this is called Adamic Dispensation. It ends this age in the Noahic Dispensation. So the people he's working with is the people in the Adamic uh, Dispensation and now the Noahic Dispensation. Now Noah had kids. Well, let's uh, let's and uh, first of all, let's get Genesis six and maybe around ten. It talks about what happened with Noah in his family. Sure. Um, Genesis um, six. I'll start at eight. Uh -huh. But Noah found grace in the eyes of Yahweh. Noah found grace in the. He was saved by grace, and Yahweh made a covenant. With Noah, and he said, You're going to get in the ark, your wife's going to get in the ark, 
Your sons are getting in the ark, and your son's wife are getting in the ark. His sons weren't even born yet. You watch the movie Noah. When he had his vision in the movie Noah, his sons were already born. And when Noah had his vision, he, he was talking with his wife in the movie. And his wife, and he said to his wife, I think I had a vision. <laughs> Do you think Noah thought he had a vision? He was moving with fear for 120 years. It changed his life. The founder didn't say to his wife, I think I had a vision. <laughs> He'll never be the same again. Now Noah had kids. Ham, Shem, Jacob. You know, and obviously they're told to be fruitful and multiply. Now when you look at the lineage of Shem, let's get uh, Genesis 10.21, because this is an important scripture here. And then we're going to go to Genesis 14 and 3. Genesis 10 and 21. Unto Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber. Now unto Shem were all the children of Eber. Now who the heck is that? So you have Noah, you have Shem. And then all of a sudden you have this Eber guy. And it talks about all the generations. There's a significance to this one. Now let's go to, uh, is there any more there? Um, just use the brother of Jacob. Yes, okay, yeah. now go to uh, 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 Genesis 14 and 13. Because I want to show you something with this. Because obviously there's a significance to Noah's sons. You know, Ham was not a good, he did some bad stuff. So he went one way, and Shem went another way, and you know, these kids existed and kept going. But go ahead and get the next one I called for. Genesis 14 and 13. And there came one, came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew. Now watch this. Abram. His name was Abram at the time, which means exalted father. Abram the what? Hebrew. What is the, you look up the word Hebrew in Strong's here. You look it up. You know what it is? You look up Hebrew, it's the descendant of Abram. Abraham, Abram had a father. He had lineage before him. But he's from Eber, which is the lineage or the progenitor of the Hebrew nation. He was already a Hebrew. Abraham the Hebrew. Now watch what Yahweh does to this guy. Now get Genesis 17 and 1. Genesis 17 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, Yahweh appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty Elohim. I am the Almighty. In another place, he's, a, he's your shield, he's your exceeding great reward. But anyway, keep reading here. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. Now he's going to make his covenant with all the people before him. Is that what he said? His father. You are the covenant that Yahweh's going to make is with him, Abram. Abram. And what else? And will multiply thee exceedingly. No, no, no. Read that again. It's with Abraham and what? 
and the read. And will multiply thee exceedingly. Mm -hmm. And Abram fell on his face, and now I want where he made a covenant with him and a seed after thee. Four. Ten. Is that where it is? Because yes. it's significant. Yeah. Yes. Ten. We are pinpointing the people Yahweh is picking out of this entire world that he's working with. It's with Abraham and his seed after him. Read. Ten. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Mm -hmm. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And now he makes a covenant of circumcision and he also changes his name to Abraham. Which means father of a multitude or father of many nations. And Abraham, Abraham did become a father of many nations. He's the father of the nations of Ishmael. He's the father of the nations of of uh, Isaac. He's the father of many, many nations. You have Esau and Jacob coming together. You have Abraham had Isaac. And Isaac had kids. Esau and Jacob. Now, Esau ended up being a certain nation. And Isaac became another one. And then you have Jacob. Jacob's name was changed when he wrestled with that angel in Genesis. You shall be no more called Jacob. Your name shall be what? Israel. Well, Israel's dad was Isaac. Isaac's dad is Abram. And who's the forefather of Abram? Eber. All coming through Shem. So Yahweh has a specific line of people that he is selecting out of this world that he's working with. Now when he comes to the children of Israel, Deuteronomy 7 and 6, I think it's 7 and 6, And I'm going somewhere with this. Because I want you to realize where you are. Read. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. For thou art a holy people unto Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh Elohim hath chosen thee to be a special now, people. Now Yahweh chose Israel to be a special people unto him. Read. To be special people unto himself above all people. Above all people. So would you say Israel was his people? Read. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth, Yahweh did not set his love upon you, nor cho choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because Yahweh loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had he sworn... He swore an oath with the fathers, that he would multiply Abram's seed. You're going to be a father of many nations. He swore an oath to them, and he kept his promise. And Israel, the nation of Israel, they were Hebrew. You call them the children of Israel, you can't go wrong with that one. You can never go wrong. Now the founders said Hebrew, 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 so it's okay to call them Hebrew. But when you call them Israelites, there's no questions about what they were. They were Israelites. Every one of these people were Israelites. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. He had 12 sons. He had Benjamin, Gad, Reuben, Simeon, Zemian, Judah, Issachar, Nephi, butchering the names, Dan, Asher, Levi, and these two guys are Joseph's kids. So Joseph would make the twelfth one, and he had these two kids. He from a Manasseh, which ends up making the Samaritans. 
We got into that ocean side. You can learn a lot in Zoom. <laughs> so these are his people. Now, obviously, there was a covenant made at this time, and nobody was able to keep it all. But Yahweh said he's going to make a new covenant now, Jeremiah 31, 31. We're just following the line of what his people are. Read. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, why didn't he make a new covenant with the Christians? Because he didn't make the old one with the Christians. How can he make a new one with Christians if he didn't even make the first one with them? See how easy that is? But he can make a new one with the house of Israel and Judah because he made the old one with them. But read. 32. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land mm -hmm. of Egypt, which my covenant they break, mm -hmm. although I was a husband unto them, saith Yahweh. Mm -hmm. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Now he's making the covenant with the house of Israel because they were, the Judah and the Israelites were divided. But now all of a sudden they can come together and now it can be with the house of Israel which is all under one house, or Israel, which is Jacob's name. Now, we know that when Yahshua came in, he came in to fulfill the covenant that he set up with Israel. He wasn't working with Gentiles at this time. He was working with the Israelites and the Israelites only. Now, when you go to John's baptism, who was at the baptism? Was there a bunch of Christians at the baptism? No, they were all Israelites at the baptism. When he had his Lord's Supper and ate the Last Supper, were there Gentiles at his Last Supper? No, they were all Israelites. Every one of the people he was working with were Israelites. Those were his people. And when he fulfilled that covenant and nailed it to his cross, now he has permission to marry another, right? So when that Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost, and above those men, they had a vision of cloven tongues of fire. When you preach this gospel, it's fire being preached. The incense is being launched by the fire. When you wear those lively stones, the high priest, and that flash would reflect light, and they call the stones have fire. And you're like lively stones in the temple. He makes his ministers as a what? A flame of fire. Now he, the old covenant was fulfilled, and now he's making the new covenant with the Jews at first. But then later, seven years later, he brings in uh, Cornelius. And Cornelius, and this is Acts. Uh, 10th chapter, 9 through 15, he has a vision of the bed sheet. And this bed sheet came down. Let's get that. Now, Cornelius, Cornelius, you know what Cornelius was? He was a Roman centurion. You know what Roman centurions do to believers back then? It took a lot of courage for him to do that. Go up on a Roman centurion and preach the gospel to him. Well, anyway, read what I called for, the bed sheet. Uh, Acts 9, verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. 
And to him, him said Yahweh in a vision, Aniasis, and he said, Behold, I am here, Yahweh. And Yahweh said unto him, Arise, and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Torsus. I want where this is Acts. It's the vision of the bed she dropped. Acts 10, 9 and 15. That's definitely... Mm, I reversed it. My bad. Um, Acts 10, verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheep. And it had all these critters on it that he wasn't supposed to eat. And he told them to take and eat. He wouldn't do it because I don't eat anything like that. He said, don't call on clean what I have cleansed. And what it was really trying to show Peter is, go to the Gentiles, idiot! <laughs> because they wouldn't go to the Gentiles. Corley. So what is he doing? Acts 10 and 44. He preached the gospel to Cornelius and you know what? The Holy Spirit fell on that Gentile. Seven years later, in fulfillment of the seven years it took to build the temple, now that the Jew and Gentile are both being brought into the body of Yahshua, His temple is now complete with both Jew and Gentile. That's why when you have seven steps, you have gate, altar, labor, four-step, the door, or the veil, it's 444 something, and then there's a fifth, five, or fifty, or five, something, a six, sixty-six, or seven, and so forth. Yahshua, he died on the cross. Out came blood and water. He gave up the ghost. He preached in his when he resurrected, he preached, was seen of men for 40 days. They had Pentecost or 50. And they went through, the veil was rent, and the veil of the flesh being the sixth veil. And seven years later, he had the temple being built. The completion of both Jew and Gentile. And now you know in Romans 2.28, what does it say? Let's get that. Romans 2.28. <clears throat> For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. You're no longer a Jew or his people outwardly like it was back there. Now, had nothing to do with whether you were an outward Jew or now grafted in as a Gentile. His people is now both Jew and Gentile that are grafted into the body of Yahshua. Through the foolishness of preaching, you become one with Him. And you know what? You have to be born again. How did you get in the family with Adam? That was a family. How did you get in Noah's situation? That was a family. How did you get in Shem or Eber's situation? That was a family. Where did, where did Abram come from? The family lineage. Where does Isaac uh, J uh, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. That's a family. Right. Now your family is both Jew and Gentile. You are a Jew inwardly. I said all that because I want to know you have to be born into this. And you can't choose the family you're born into. And that's why the founder didn't call this school the body of Yahshua, because you can choose to join the IDMR, but you cannot choose to be a member of that body. Can't do it. 
No more than you could choose the body, your family you're born in from an actual standpoint. You have to be born again. He says, his people shall know my name. And the second name is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood, of humanity, in Yahshua Messiah. We are family. We are <laughs> I love you guys. Do families have disagreements? Absolutely. But they love each other. Yeah. Now the founder in his vision pamphlet. Let's get the vision pamphlet. He was asked questions. Because I gotta cut this up. In his last page, or second last page, he's asked a question. And he's asked a question three times. Man, what will you do with what I've shown you? Read. Uh, having seen all these things, a responsibility rested upon the writer. The voice came to him and spoke. Man, sound, the sound was like thunder. Yes, Joshua. No words were spoken, but the writer sent me called, and in response assumed an attitude of humility. Answer me, man, what will you do with what I have shown you? What will you do with it? He had a vision and a revelation. What will you do with what I've shown you? Read. I knew not how to answer. He didn't know how to answer the first time. Answer me, man. Answer me. I know not, Yahshua, I cried. I don't know what to do. Read. Then I will show you. I will show you. The voice of thunder. But first I will show you the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. In there is. I will show you, and as I showed Moses, how I made them by the pattern like me. But you know, don't we preach the pattern here? Yeah. Don't we preach the law and prophets? We show you all this information. Where do we get it from? We got it from Dr. Kinley. Right, yeah. well, we got it from Yahshua. But what happened the last time he asked the question now? Once more the voice thundered in my consciousness. Answer me, man. What will you do with what I have shown you? What will you do with what I have shown you? This time I answered. I cried. Teach your people your Teach who? Your if you are a product of this teaching, you are his people. Teach your people. And how do you come to class? The Father draws you in here. And Yahshua preaches to you. And you can be quickened and made alive. Teach your people. And if that's what Kinley was doing, is teaching your own people, where did all these people in the class come from? Not Kinley. Really, Yahshua. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are... Yahweh's people now. And Yahweh works with his people. You are. Do you realize how special you guys are? Yes. You are his people today. I didn't get that through your head that Yahshua pulled you out of this world and made you his people. You will thank him for eternity because you're going to go on in ages to come learning about his love and kindness. And that's a promise to his people. Because he's going to save his people from their sins. And you're one of them. And don't ever take credit for it. Because you know the first thing in this school is to help you. Every one of us needs to sit our butt down and have some help.
Right. You didn't help yourself. No. And the father used to say this. I've heard it many times. It takes divine help to see this thing, and it takes divine help not to see it. You need help regardless. And the very first thing, the very first words out of the hand, they help you. Well, I'm mad you helped me. You don't get mad at being helped, do you? No. I hope you got something out of it. I really enjoyed I can relax now. <laughs> I'm just teasing. tonight, <laughs> but that's all right, because uh, then I can slip by for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> uh, it's uh, very good to uh, be here, and it's very good to see everybody, uh, and when I say I really mean that, yeah. I really mean that, and uh, it's just uh, a joy uh, to be here. Uh, it's been a wonderful class so far. Uh, I do have a couple things on my mind. Uh, once class over, 930, yeah, 9. A half hour, yeah. 29 minutes. 29, 28. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> you're always on the clock. You know, you're when you get when you're born, you start the time starts ticking down. You don't tick off. You tick down. So um, that was uh, I really enjoyed uh, about the family. Um, because we are a family and uh, I remember first coming into the school and uh, I was 19 years old and lost just kind of doing my own thing um, taking way too many drugs and uh, had no purpose whatsoever. You know, I didn't even know what I wanted to be. I didn't even know what, you know, it, it all seemed pretty pointless to me at the time. It was 
but you know, you go to school, and of course I'm a child raised in the 50s, and you know, women, I mean, I couldn't play sports at school. Women didn't play sports. And, um, you know, it, it just came down to, you know, you graduate high school and then you're supposed to get married and have kids and die. I mean, it was just, you know, there wasn't, it just wasn't a whole lot to sink your teeth into. And, you know, most women did not have careers. Uh, my mother and most of her friends, they didn't work. You know, they stayed home with the kids. And when the kids left, then there was a real empty nest syndrome then because, you know, it was, they didn't know what to do. So when I first came to a class, and, you know, it, it, there's quite a story about me coming to my first class, but it, I came to class and I walked into a room and, you know, I was in, I don't know, some kind of falling apart jeans and stash bag over here and this over here. And, you know, I walked in and there was like this, these older people, um, <laughs> you'll laugh, and I, got, I, I shouldn't tell the stories, but <laughs> there was this woman that greeted me at this greeting table. This was in Syracuse, New York, and I actually was living in Rochester, but this was in Syracuse. We had to go down to class. Anyways, um, I heard a voice and it said, would you please sign our guest book? And I looked up <laughs> and there was this woman who had a pink pillbox hat. <coughs> Remember the Jackie Kennedy yeah. hat? The pink pillbox hat in a pink suit with pink shoes and big pink lipstick. <laughs> And she handed me a pink pen. <laughs> and I was so far from pink. <laughs> this was not how he got me, you know. <laughs> and so I I signed the book and then there was this old person, you know, there were people that got on the floor. Mitch wasn't even there that night, so there were only three charts, and I thought that was pretty overwhelming. And uh, that changed my life forever. I walked out of that room and knew I would never be the same. Really kind of knew before I walked in, but confirmation was just there. And I knew that this was a special place. Mm -hmm. And I knew for the first time in my life, I felt at home. Right. It's the first time I felt at home. 
and it didn't make any difference how old or young or the color of the skin or the education or lack thereof. It just didn't make any difference. We were all in that room hearing the same voice. And at the time, I thought understanding uh, the same things. Uh, years later, I found out that a lot of people that came in with me around the same time were not hearing the same thing I heard. And it broke my heart. And I had, he put us through a very important lesson at that time. And that was, you need to learn how to stand on your own two feet. We all had friends. We all had people we respected in this gospel. I was uh, the dean of the New York area at that time was Burbank Mitchell. And he and I would drive to class every Monday up to Rochester. Uh, and he was more of a father to me than my father ever was. I loved this man. And he ended up rejecting this gospel. A broken heart, is, it doesn't really describe it. But I found out then that no matter what my friends thought, I mean, for you that don't know, what if over a period of a couple months, you people in Green Bay found out that Andy was going in the wrong direction? That's what I was break a tense moment, huh? <laughs> so you find out that Andy starts teaching things that he hasn't taught before, and you try to make sense of it, but that doesn't click in your mind, and then you're told, well, if you don't get it, just kind of go with it because you will get it, and you feel like you're left out, you feel like you've been dropped somehow. And, and all these friends and elders are going with all of this. And you're standing there going, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't see it. And you have to decide, where are you going to go? You're going to just stop going to class? A lot of people did. Mm -hmm. See? Are you going to go with the people that you've trusted all these years? See? You have to figure out on your own, which is impossible, 
Yahshua has to show you that that which you first saw and you first understood cannot be changed. See? That the name of Yahshua is so important that it cannot be substituted. See? You have to, for your first time, for many people, that you really do have to go to the law and the prophets to find out what's right. See? But there's a whole lot of emotional baggage you get through to get there. See? And when Yahshua brings you on the other side, you sit back and you are nothing but humble. You can't get on your high horse, I figured it out. You can't just sit and think, you know, I, I'm more special than they were. You can't do any of that. You just drop your head and cry because you are so grateful that he kept you, see? And I hope we never have to go through that again. But I, things repeat. You know, a lot of people left class when Dr. Kinley took off the flesh. See? Doc said it was going to end, and we're all still here. See? But you need to know, dig deep inside of yourself and know what you know. Not just emotionally. And when everybody's together in the green and times are good, but in the dark times, that you know that this is the truth beyond the shadow of a doubt. And in a lot of ways, you do have to give up your life to be in this gospel. And I'm talking about physically you walked away from your first life. But there was a life I developed when I first came into class and I had to walk away from that life. See? And many in this room know how difficult it all was, right? Yet and still, like Bonnie said, if you want me to continue to fight, you gotta keep me in the game, you know? And we're just thankful when we're kept in the game. Because you know, warming the bench just isn't fun. You can cheer people on, but it's so much more exciting when you're in the game, isn't it? It's just, you want to be a part of it, see? And so, count your blessings, you're here. Never look down on each other. You do not know what someone is going through. You just do not know. Keep 
your heart open to everyone. Because if Yahweh turns around and has them walk back into the door, you want to be there with open arms and just say, I missed you so much. See? And I'm glad you're home. And that's, you don't fake that. You truly are glad they're home. See? Because our family is dwindling in size. Uh, and that's what makes everybody even more precious uh, than ever before. So uh, with the couple minutes we have left here, because, you know, I could go on and tell stories forever. I love telling the stories, but it's not always productive. <laughs> I want to go over to First uh, Kings. Excuse me, I have a, I'm not sick from a cold, but I have some kind of thing where my nose constantly drips and it's really disgusting. And so I try to keep the wetness off of me. <laughs> hey, it burnt. Uh, I want First Kings uh, right around 18, 18th uh, uh, chapter. Yes. First, first Kings 18 and 1. What? <laughs> she likes it. Okay. I'm glad. <laughs> Go ahead. And it came to pass after many days that the word of Yahweh came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab. Now, does anybody have uh, Strong's on their tablet or in a book or on their phone? Uh, Elijah is what we want. Now, what you're reading there, it's E-L-I-S-H. There's two characters. Okay. Elijah is a prophet. And this is the first place you pick up that name. And you don't know where he came from. You don't know what his lineage is. It's just all of a sudden there's this guy, Elijah. All right? And his name means what? Well, that was a lot of mumbling. Is <laughs> it means El is Yahweh? Or Yahweh is El? So his names go, it's a pretty good one, don't you think? All right. Um, hang on, because I've got to get. Uh, why don't you start, just start reading. Sure. Um, do you want me to start one over? Sure. Okay. 
And it came to pass after many days that the word of Yahweh came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. Wait a minute, I think I'm going to check the off. Try 17. Let me get it here. Yeah, it's 17 and 1. Okay. Um, first Kings 17 and 1. Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Galeed, said unto Ahab, As Yahweh Elohim of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, he's a prophet. It, all you got to do is read through the prophets to know how crummy Israel turned out. They just could not be obedient to save their lives. And it always makes me laugh because at the end of Deuteronomy, and then we don't have time to read it, but Yahweh says, uh, uh, Yahweh through uh, Moses says to the Israelites, he goes, uh, wait a minute, I haven't slept in three nights. So, <laughs> so he says, um, you need to serve and obey Yahweh, all right? And then he turns around and he goes, but if you're not going to serve Yahweh, then choose you this day who you're going to serve. And he lists all whatever. And then it goes on further, and Israel goes, oh, no, we're going to serve Yahweh. We really will serve Yahweh this time. We're going to serve him. And Moses says, I know you won't. <laughs> You're not going to do it. And they're like, no, we really, really, really will. And he's like, You're not going to do it. The writing was on the wall. See? And so here we are down at the time of the kings. And those kings were something. So we're down at the time of the kings, and Elijah comes along. And Israel's being horrible, as normal. And he said, there's going to be a drought. It's not going to rain for three years. See? Continue and read. Verse 2. And the word of Yahweh came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the, by the brook, Cherith. So, now you have to understand, the king of Israel, Ahaz, I think it was, was uh, really wanting to get Elijah, because he was the one prophet that his wife, uh, Jezebel didn't have a chance to kill, and so they're after him, see? And so this drought is happening, Yahweh goes, I want you to go over by this river, and there you can drink water from the river, 
and I'm going to have the ravens come and feed you. Why don't you read that? And verse 3, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that yep. is before Jordan. Mm -hmm. And it shall be that thou drink, shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of Yahweh, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Mm -hmm. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. All right. Now, so he stays there until the brook dries up. All right. And then once the brook dries up, nothing for him to drink. So Yahweh goes, I've got this woman at this other city, and she'll take care of you. All right. And, um, That's down further, I guess. I'm sorry, I don't have the verse. Nine? Okay, pick it up at nine. Dropping down to nine. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, and uh, which belong to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to to sustain thee. So he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As Yahweh Elohim liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. Now, this poor woman, and we'll read on, she goes, I got this this handful of meal left. I'm cooking it up for me and my son. I have two sticks that I'm going to start the fire with. And we're going to eat this, then we're going to die. See? Go ahead and read and confirm that. Mm -hmm. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, and I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me. And after, make of thee, and for thy son. For thus saith Yahweh Elohim of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that Yahweh sendeth rain upon the earth. So, Yahweh performs this miracle, that that little handful of meal and that little bit of oil will not run out. Serious? <laughs> All right. It shall not run out. You understand? So that he and the woman and her child lived through the drought because of what Yahweh gave them. That little bit of handful of meal, I got a whole thing, but I'm not even going to get close. That little handful of meal and that little bit of oil lasted them that three years. Understand? 
because you always said it's just never going to run out. And he has given us this handful of meal, understand? And just a little bit of oil. Right. You know, yes, Dr. Kinley, Kin, Dr. Kinley scope. You know what you got when you have a little bit of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> it goes the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> bit of Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit. Understand? And that's never going to run out. It's not like you're going to use it up. He told Israel to be fruitful and multiply. He told Adam to be fruitful and multiply. In this new covenant, we are supposed to be producing fruits of the Spirit. Understand? And he has this fruits aren't being <coughs> multiplied because of anything we've particularly done. He said, you know, and I just love this, because this is comforting to me. That he goes, when you come down to class. I want you to sit in the chair, and I want you to relax. I just want you to be comfortable. I can't hear you, Diane. I, I want you to relax. I don't know where anything is. I just want to sit, just sit and be comfortable. Don't worry about anything. Just sit and listen. Don't worry about what you're going to say next. Don't be flipping through, well, if I get cold that next, where will I go? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Don't worry about, oh, that I could hook up over here. Write it down. He said to listen. That means even after you're in class, just sit and listen and relax. I'll take care of the rest. And when you have an Elohim like that, that wants to do nothing but take care of you, understand? Why would you dream of going anywhere else? But hang on to the meal. Hang on to the name. As Bonnie was saying, the institution and fulfillment, that pattern, oh my gosh, that pattern, that little kernel of meal can take you to the end of time. See? We have what we need. So sit down and relax, and you know what? He will direct your steps. Don't be an idiot. He knows when you're an idiot. More importantly, you know when you're an idiot. <laughs> Cut that out. Yeah. You don't have time. We're at the end. See? And hang in here with the family. See? People asked me where I was going. I said, I'm going to a family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hope with those a uh, few statements, you got something out of that. Thank you for the time.
Thank you for attending class tonight. I look forward to the picnic tomorrow. It starts at 11 o'clock at the Corps Station Camp. And then the picnic is afterwards. At 1 o'clock, the meal starts. What time? Well, the, the 11 to 1 for the class, and then, then after It'll that. It'll be a little, it's the same as this. It's whatever the moderation is plus three or four minutes. Okay. The class will run two hours and 20 minutes left. Okay. Uh, if we could stand and be dismissed with a doxology. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.